You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 833 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live on a Thursday evening into Friday morning. And thank you, as always, for joining us on the podcast. It's been a jam-packed week on the show. This is the fifth episode of the week. And it's, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot to get to, again, on this podcast today. If you missed it, yesterday we had the great Annie Finberg on the podcast. Earlier in the week, Robbie Callen was here, as well as all kinds of audio stuff on this podcast you're about to listen to. There'll be plenty of audio from Lloyd Pierce, as well as Brandon Goodwin, a little bit like Cam Reddish. And uh, yeah, lots to get to today. So thank you, as always, again, for joining us. Okay, we'll dive right in. The first thing that I want to get to real quickly off the top is actually a bit of NBA league-wide news that also impacts the Hawks, and that's that the Hawks uh, were actually honored indirectly. At least a player on the Hawks was honored directly. Um, Vince Carter, who I know is not on the team anymore, but as I joke with Annie on yesterday's podcast, he's still prominently involved in the discussion surrounding the team, and on Thursday, the NBA announced that Carter is the recipient of the 2019-20 NBA Sportsmanship Award, receiving the Joe Dumars Trophy for that honor. Basically, every team nominates someone for this award with the award, quote, designed to honor a player who best represents the ideals of sportsmanship, end quote. And the last time the Hawks won this award league-wide was Kyle Korver back in 2014-15. Vince is obviously a legend, and he also won the Teammate of the Year award in the NBA back in 2015-16, so uh, nothing hugely surprising about this. He's now retired, of course, and working for ESPN, but it's a cool thing for him to receive on the way out of the league, and he'll be in the Hall of Fame shortly, so shouts to Vince, and uh, that was announced on Thursday. Uh, Before we get into the audio portion of the podcast, I kind of missed Cam Reddish, um, who spoke on Wednesday. I was in the middle of doing several things and uh, did not get the audio from that. I have heard it, um, some grainy footage shared with me by somebody else. So shouts to that person for sharing it with me. But uh, I would encourage you to check out some of the written content that was uh, surrounding what he said, as well as the video, I believe, was on uh, Jamila Johnson's YouTube. So shout out to Jamila, who also does a great job covering the Hawks. But uh, I've heard all of it, and it wasn't anything wasn't anything groundbreaking in there. He did say that he felt like he has something to prove this season, which isn't a huge surprise for someone coming into their second year in the league. He talks about being more consistent and more assertive, as well as uh, other things that you might expect about just improving his game and focusing on things that he can control and all that stuff. Nothing earth-shattering for me to pass along with the grainy secondhand audio, but thank you, as always, for that. Um, and yeah, Reddish. Nothing shocking, and he's actually been discussed by Lloyd, and we'll actually hear, we'll actually hear Lloyd Pierce talk about him later on, the, later on in the podcast, but that, that's the only one that I have not um, sort of expressed with you at, at this point in time. Both Reddish and Goodwin talked to the media on Wednesday, and then Lloyd Pierce wrapped up the entire proceedings on Thursday afternoon. We'll get to that in a moment. Before we get to Lloyd, though, Brandon Goodwin is a guy I've not talked about as much as the core guys for obvious reasons. At the same time, he is on the team under contract, and we'll talk more about that in a second, but I wanted to highlight some of the some of what he had to say actually in his interview on Wednesday. The first thing that I want to play for you is uh, sort of, he was asked what he thinks it says about him that he was able to, make, able to make it on a two-way contract and eventually be converted to an NBA deal that he's currently on in Atlanta, sort of being a local product and reflecting on that. Well, I think obviously nothing was handed to me. Um, I never relied on... You know, what people said, I always wanted to go and get it myself, whatever that may be, however that uh, means to you guys. I just wanted to make sure I left no doubt 
in anybody's mind when I'm out there playing. Uh, it's cool to score. It's cool to, you know, do the flashy stuff. But, you know, I feel like I started, you know, opening eye, people's eyes when uh, I got to camp or I got to, uh, you know, guard Trey on defense and practice or something like that. You know, I just tried to play as hard as I could. And um, I just kind of, like, let my game do the talking. But, you know, just being a hometown kid is – that also just helped me a lot. You know, people are, I have a lot of people behind me. Uh, you know, it, it means a lot to me. You know, I hear a lot of people in the crowd, you know, scream my name and stuff, which is amazing feeling and stuff. So, you know, it's cool to have everyone behind me. From there, there was sort of a follow-up to Brandon about how he can use his story to inspire others locally. And just as a reminder, he played at Norcross High School, so a local product truly up from Gwinnett County. So here is uh, Brandon responding on how he can use his story. When I want to start doing some some things in my community, Norcross, you know, in that area, you know, I'm gonna start a foundation. I don't know what yet, but it's that's in the works. But I, you know, I've I've been going around like Norcross to different gyms, and I've talked to kids that you probably never heard of that's you know playing basketball and stuff. Just trying to inspire people as much as as much as I can, because I was once in a, in their position. Um, you know, just trying to be that voice and trying to be – because I, I didn't have that growing up. You know, I was just out there playing, playing hard, didn't know, you know, what was next or stuff like that. So just to have somebody in your ear telling you, you know, you you have what it takes or, you know, to keep going, keep motivating you is, is really important uh, for a kid like me growing up and for others out there. He was also asked about sort of playing with Trey Young this season, helping his own development. And, you know, he talked about the fact that just watching Trey has been a real positive for him, especially on the offensive end of the floor. I will note that it's actually kind of funny because he's older than Trey, but obviously Trey's in, more, in a more prominent position. Uh, Goodwin's obviously trying to get to hit that level in the NBA, not quite to Trey's level, obviously, but uh, as a contributor consistently. So I thought that was pretty interesting to note. He was asked also by Chris Kirchner about whether he whether he has any idea about his uh, deal being guaranteed. Um, just as a, re- a point of reference, Goodwin is on a non-guaranteed contract. He's the only guy in the league and uh, actually his deal was reportedly uh, non-guaranteed with a guarantee date of, of August 1st originally, which I'm sure is not the case anymore. That's obviously was supposed to be post-free agency. Free agency has not arrived yet, so I actually, I'm actually not sure when the guarantee date is on that. I'm not sure that anyone knows at this point in time about that, but uh, he basically just downplayed that. Um, no conversation at this point in time, which is what you would expect from Goodwin. He definitely he definitely did say that he wanted to be in Atlanta, though. That's worth pointing out. Obviously not a huge surprise considering he's a local product, but he's fit in quite well. I have on the record as saying I think he uh, would be a good third point guard option. I don't think you go into the season with him as the primary backup point guard, but as a guy who obviously I think played decently well at times this year, I'm still a fan of Goodwin's game. I think he's a pretty good defender. He's athletic. We saw him ball out in that, in that Orlando game when Trey was injured in December. He's got some flashes to him. I think uh, keeping him around will make a lot of sense on a cheap number that he has for next year. Last couple things I wanted to play for you about Brandon. Uh, he was asked about the biggest things that the team has focused on during minicamp on the court, and uh, this is what he had to say about that. I would say competing. Um, obviously, everyone chose to to be here, but we could have gone through the motions, you know, uh, with the season being so far away. Maybe, you know, we could have just walked, you know, went through the motions and, you know, not really cared about getting better. But everyone is having fun. Everyone's competing. You know, everyone's, you know, talking mess, you know, just getting each other going and stuff. And I think that's very important, especially if you want to make a run at a 
a championship or, you know, make the playoffs, that type of thing, you got to – it has to start within. And I think we made a really big jump uh, with this camp. You know, obviously we got new guys, Clint, Scal, um, you know, Clint easily, you know, jail with everyone. Everyone, Scal's looking good, scoring the ball, you know, playing hard and stuff. And so uh, this camp has been, like, really huge for us. I would expect that we do another one of these just because of, you know, how much progress we made um, these last couple of weeks. And so it's been really competitive and fun so far. As you've heard throughout, competing has been an emphasis for everyone. I think that's definitely been a message that the Hawks wanted to get out there, as all the players have said it, Lloyd Pierce has said it, etc. And I thought that was noteworthy as well. Last thing on Goodwin, he was uh, followed up to that by asking what he was working on individually at minicamp and across the offseason. I think in general, just being more of a leader vocally, you know, the second unit, if I have to run the second unit, I have to be, I have to be that trade for the second unit. I have to you know, get guys in their right spots, make sure guys are getting uh, shots, keep that energy going, you know, defensively, offensively, whatever it is, I have to be, you know, I have to be that guy, in my opinion. And, um, you know, obviously I just want to keep shooting the ball well, uh, whether it's spot up or, you know, off the dribble. Um, Defensively, probably just be more of a pest uh, on the ball, you know, creating that energy, you know, a lot of times, a lot of games, you're not going to have the energy. You're off a back, back-to-back or something. Somebody has to make winning plays, um, whether if it's as a team or if it's someone to get us started. You know, I want to be that guy. That's all for Brandon. And uh, by proxy, that's all for the players portion of the audio this week. Again, if you missed anything from previous podcasts, John Collins, Trey Young, uh, Dad Ray Hunter, Kevin Herter, um, Clint Capella, all kinds of guys have talked to the media, and I've passed along a lot of audio from those, so go back and listen to the podcast um, previously, but that'll wrap up that portion, and uh, we'll be definitely interested to see what Brandon Goodwin does in the coming weeks and months. Okay, before we get to Lloyd Pierce and sort of the wrap-up to training camp, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first one is a new sponsor, and it's Built Go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it every single day with Go. Built Go, Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, and but the energy in Built Go is anything but fake. Instead, it is both lasting and natural. Built Go is easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, or your pocket to get through whatever you're facing today. Built Go is essentially a five-hour energy with, without the same feeling of a crash, plus it's natural and it's better for the body as a result. There are three delicious flavors to choose from with chocolate mint, peanut butter honey, and chocolate coconut, and Built Go is loaded with the good stuff to ignite your work. Listeners to this show will likely know that I have multiple jobs and sometimes I need a little bit extra to get through the day and night, and Built Go is, imp- is a fantastic solution to break through my own wall. In order to try it for yourself, visit BuiltGo.com. And use the promo code LOCKED to get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Today's podcast is also sponsored by the good folks at DoorDash. You want Chinese food, they want pizza, and someone else is craving dessert. But fortunately, there's something for everybody on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. And ordering is incredibly easy. Open the DoorDash app. Find out what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside the door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting as DoorDash aims to keep our community safe. As DoorDash 
has over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and Puerto Rico. You can support your local go-to restaurants or choose from your favorite national brands. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order, $15 or more, when downloading the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA, $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, and we'll dive back in with some audio from Lloyd Pierce. Fittingly, it was the head coach that put together the last media session on Thursday. And the only real news I would describe it as from Lloyd on Thursday was that he announced that it was Atlanta's final practice of minicamp. That was not a huge surprise to me, just taking the temperature of what was going on there. And Lloyd speaking to the media, he would be a logical candidate to wrap things up. But there was a caveat that the Hawks are technically allowed to keep going for a few more days under the agreement that was signed between the players and the league itself. But uh, Pierce was pretty short in explaining that they were kind of just done at this point in time. After some follow-ups, originally when he announced that, here's the rationale that he gave initially for ending it on Thursday. Uh, we wanted to maximize the opportunity that we had and um, to compete at a level, at, at the level that we're doing, to, to, to you know, be in a, a, a new environment and situation. We wanted to do what made most sense, and, and that's why we're ending today. I saw some Hawks fans kind of bothered by this, not necessarily like outrage or anything, but I think this is not a big deal at all. Honestly, they clearly went pretty hard during this mini camp and you don't want to overdo it, even with the obvious caveat that they could have kept going. Um, also, Pierce reemphasized in his interview that they have two weeks mandated to break now. And after that, they go back to individual work only, trying to work through maintenance stuff and development as much as possible until they're allowed to come back together as a team. Keep that in mind as well. This was later on in the interview, but Pierce was asked if he was happy with the team bonding stuff that he emphasized at the beginning of training camp and mini, uh, sorry, mini camp. And I think that it kind of ties in with them maybe stopping before they were wearing everybody out during this time. Yeah, I, I thought our guys were tremendous. I, I thought they truly maximized the experience. Um, you know, you, you can overstay your welcome. And, and I thought, you know, we, we had it planned out extremely well uh, to where it didn't get stale every day when we left the court. Uh, guys were wanting more and, and not ready to stop. And I think that's a good sign. You want to compete, you want to compete at a high level, and you don't want to compete until you're fatigued. You want to compete. Uh, knowing that you left everything on the court and when it ends, you know, you feel good about that. Not let's go and let's keep going. And I think we did the same thing off the court. You know, we had enough activity uh, to get us out of the hotel uh, and, but to get us together. Uh, so the arcade was one, the paintball was another. We went um, foaling, I think it's called, you know, bowling with the football at, at a new place here in Atlanta. Um, <sighs> So we've done some some really cool things that allowed our guys to just hang out, to unwind, to watch the games that are on, and, and I thought we maximized that. And so at no point did I feel our guys were bored at the hotel, and no point did I feel our guys were ready to leave. Um, and I think that's that's exactly what you want to get out of an experience like this. You don't want to overdo it, and everyone's trying to find a way to stop. You, you want to maximize it. You want to take advantage of it. And, and our guys did, and they were tremendous, and they were a joy to be around doing it. Last thing here on this topic of sorts, but he was also prompted on sort of how they want to handle guys' workloads moving forward into the unknown period without knowing when, when the season's going to be starting next year, and this is how he responded to that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit of an unknown for all of us. Um, you know, we, we like I said, I, I throw the date May 8th out as, as when John first started his individual work for off season, and now we're October 1st. And we still don't know when the starting date is. And so, you know, human nature tells you your body's got to take a break at some point. And, 
and it's appropriate, you know, to have these two weeks that are coming up off. But it's also important to to maintain uh, the level of conditioning that these guys have positioned themselves to be in. And so you don't want to start from zero and you really don't want to, to take away what we've done and just go all the way back down. You want to be you want to be mindful of rest. You want to be mindful of low impact activity. But you also want to be diligent and disciplined to stay in some form of shape. At some point, they're going to say, hey, this is the date that the league is starting. And now we don't want to play catch up. We just want to take that momentum and move forward. And so we've had conversations uh, with our APT staff, with our team, with our coaches, and threw out a few dates that are important for us of when we think we should be back together and, and what level of conditioning we should be in. We'll pivot from there. Um, he was asked sort of what they focused on during sort of on the court, I, I would say, during minicamp, even with a limited time. He emphasized competition, team building, empowerment, all the stuff that you might have heard him say earlier on. Nothing terribly shocking from that, but still pretty insightful in some ways. He also was asked about how important uh, sort of the improved communication has been. That's been a topic throughout and with all the players as well. And this is what Loy had to say about that communication from last season to next season. It's a priority in every every season. I don't think it. You know, it's it's easy to just say like it's more important this year than it was last year. It's 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 always important, uh, mainly because you have different guys that you add to your roster. You know, we have Clint, and then we still have four spots to fill, four or five spots to fill with new guys. And so, if we don't have an ability to communicate, we'll be lost. And I think you get that every time you you restart a season. You you add new players that are learning your system or learning the system that you're putting in. And the ability to get on the same page is vital to that. So um, all of our guys are, are needing to take different steps in terms of communication and, and how they communicate and what they're communicating. Um, but that's that's extremely important. Um, I think communicating off the court is, is equally as important. Um, you know, where guys are going to be, what time they're working out, you know, holding each other accountable, things of that nature are also important. He later got the, got the playoff question that you might expect, and he was asked what sort of makes him confident in making the leap necessarily to compete at that level for next year. Just as a reminder, Lloyd was the first person that said the thing about making the playoffs uh, as the proclamation of uh, of the goal of sorts back in March. And to um, you know, to all of that is why he's been asked about this stuff, as of all the players. But um, you know, the confidence thing is important, and just kind of what goes into making that leap. So this is what he had to say when he was asked about that confidence mindset. We go into the year uh, needing to be competitive. Playoffs are an easy target. It's shifting our mindset about what we want to accomplish next year. We have uh, a young core of guys that have been here two to three years um, now as we enter into this season, whenever that starts. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got a, enough experience of playing together. They, they're going to get more experience playing together. Um, and they're all going to come back understanding they all have a, a responsibility to come back as an improved player. Um, but for us, as an improved as an improved team, we have to come together um, and try and build on what we've done. And, and that's really the focus. And so our mindset is really about, you know, what can we do as a team to make a next step? And the next step is obviously playoffs. That's sort of a final bow in the playoff thing. I think, you know, it kind of has to be the goal. I think – it's a very logical next step for the team in their position, given how young they were, what they flashed, what they have on the roster, especially with Trey and John. Um, it's sort of the obvious 
goal. I know that's not breaking news to most people, but you know, people were kind of surprised about how openly they were, they were talking about this in some circles. It's just kind of the very obvious goal. They've now been out of the playoffs for three years. This core has been around for two years in various ways. Lloyd's been around for two years. They just have to have that next step. And, you know, rather than like proclaim they're going to make a title run, the playoffs being the goal is just that that's the natural thing. When you're bad, when you're bad and out of the playoffs, the players, the playoffs, are the next thing, once you're in the playoffs, you start looking bigger, but uh, yeah, there you go on that. We'll wrap up all of that for now. Um, we'll get into some, pl- some player specific stuff. Now he was asked about Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. And in the question from Sarah Spencer of the AJC, she mentioned that both young players said earlier in the week, and they did say this, that they want to be more aggressive and assertive. So you'll hear Lloyd respond to that prompt as well, but uh, here's what he had to say about Cam and DeAndre. That's the answer. Just being more assertive, more aggressive, uh, having a mindset to uh, be productive for our team on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, they played heavy minutes as rookies. Uh, I think that's, that's you know, a great step for them in, in terms of gaining that first-year experience. Uh, the, the next step is to be even more productive um, with their mindset and their approach to the game. They've, they've got important roles already. It's how do we maximize their ability to, to compete and, and produce on the court. As an immediate follow-up, Sarah was asking Lloyd um, after that about what he saw from the two rookie wings in Hunter and Reddish during the minicamp itself. I thought both of them came in great, uh, in great condition. Uh, you can tell the work that they both put in, um, you know, both at, here in Atlanta and, and with their, you know, respective trainers and friends or, you know, back at their hometowns, wherever they've gone. I thought they maximized that time and they put in some good work. You see Cam uh, today had a great, great scrimmage today. Just just was all over the place, made some big threes and big plays. Um, and DeAndre yesterday had a really good day. Um, you know, he, he, he's been competing. He's, he, he was really assertive yesterday. Uh, he did a great job today as well. Didn't play as much. But, you know, I, I just think they had the right mentality coming into this, and I think they've had the right mentality the entire offseason in terms of the work that they're putting in with their body and uh, with their skill set. So none of that's terribly surprising in either one of those answers. It seems pretty positive to me. It goes without saying that the Hawks need more from those guys in year two. That is kind of what you were banking on when you're drafting guys in the lottery. So we'll see what happens, but they did benefit quite a bit last year from playing a lot, I would imagine. Um, you saw that during the season, especially with Reddish. So... You know, expectations are going to be high, obviously, in year two for those guys after a long, weird offseason. But uh, I think everything seems to, be, seems to be pretty positive on both of them right now. Uh, Pierce was also asked about John Collins, especially through the prism of him saying earlier in his availability about how he wants to do more playmaking and ball handling and creation stuff. And uh, Lloyd was prompted on that specifically. Um, he's done a lot of work. John, John's been tremendous. Uh, May 8th, I think, is the day he first joined uh, the individual workouts when the, when the league allowed us to open our facility and he's done a tremendous job of, of working with the coaches and uh, you know, a lot of perimeter stuff, a lot of DHO stuff, a lot of different finishes um, that he's creating on his own um, off the dribble. But you know, there's other areas as a facilitator that are important, you know, playing out of the elbow, as you guys see in the playoffs with some of the bigs in our league uh, playing out of the post and being able to make plays, kick out threes, you know, Bam is kind of that great example right now, and, and, and Jokic is a great example. But the, the real element is can you move your bigs into different areas and allow them to still be effective? And so, you know, he's going he's gonna to develop some putting the ball on the floor. He's going to develop some playing out the elbow in the post, and he's going to develop some playing in that trail spot 
uh, when we have to reverse the ball through him. But he, he's put in the work. He had a great scrimmage today, uh, really finished on a high note. And uh, that's going to be important for him, and he understands that. I think it's definitely encouraging to hear the DHO stuff for sure. The dribble handoff, you know, playing through the elbows and uptick and ball handling stuff for Collins. He'd be even more terrifying offensively, and he's already quite good on that in the floor. If he can keep growing there, I think he's got that ability if it comes together. And uh, he's obviously a pretty noted hard worker even before this, and he's putting a, putting in a lot this offseason. So I think the sky's the limit for John, especially offensively. Um, Lloyd was also asked about Clint Capella and Scalabissier in the same question. It's a little bit of a longer answer, but uh, he answered them sort of both back-to-back and separately. And, you know, those are the guys he hasn't seen quite as much. So this is the more of a learning experience, I would imagine. And this is what he uh, sort of said about how they've looked over the last week and a half. I think, you know, we'll start with Scal. And, you know, it's just good to see him on the court. Um, you know, he's, he's a highly skilled player for a big, soft touch around the basket, soft touch out to the perimeter, you know, really working on a three-point shot and being able to extend his range. And the guy that, you know, has been in the league and understands, you know, the pace of the league, you know, it doesn't get sped up too much and and really can find his spots and his positions. And so it was just good to see him on the floor, being able to compete, learning a little bit more about him with our guys. And same thing for Clint. You know, I think it was an exciting moment uh, to have him the, the last two weeks to see him in practice number one all the way to the end and, and really give us that element that we that we know we were going to get when we acquired him. You know, a finisher above the rim. You can put him in pick and rolls, uh, can protect the rim defensively. And, and really the, the thing I'm most excited about is his ability to be an offensive rebounder. Uh, he just has a knack. He's got really soft hands. He knows how to shield off his defenders and go uh, pursue the basketball. But, uh, you know, he just adds some of the intangibles, the effort stuff, the movement stuff, the positional stuff that, that we, you know, we're sorely missing and needing. And um, it's good to see him out there with our guys. And he brings a nice presence. Um, There's some plays that throughout the week guys have made defensively and they turn around and Clint's there to protect them. Uh, that's a comfort level for all of our perimeter guys and even our bigs knowing that there's a shot blocker back there or a rim, rim uh, changer protector back there as well. It's certainly positive to hear some good stuff about Scalabissier as a potential as a potential guy to bring back. You know, he's the one free agent, of course, that's been in the mini camp and a talented guy that the Hawks, I think, were buying low on when they traded for him. So, you know, we'll see what happens there in terms of contract stuff, but they seem to be um, liking him quite a bit. And we've heard from basically everyone at Capella. Nothing hugely new there from what Lloyd said, but he's very good at basketball. He's going to help the team in a ton of ways, especially on defense. And, you know, he mentioned offensive rebound. That's something to point to, especially if John's off the court. And yeah, Capella's going to help them. That's something that's been a theme throughout. Honestly, the themes that I took away sort of wrap things up on the mini camp overall, you know, the camaraderie, the team building stuff is uh, certainly something that you would say regardless, but I think Lloyd definitely emphasized that having those guys uh, together in that kind of setting is certainly good for building that kind of bond on and off the court. The communication stuff, uh, they they certainly did not love the fact that they were so quiet at times. Last year, it's been emphasis throughout the time, and I think that's getting through to the young guys, especially uh, Capella and his impact is going to be huge. We kind of knew that, but I think even more so, they communicated that almost across the board from player to player to coach to GM, etc. And, you know, just the fact that this is going to be a it's, – it's a weird offseason. We all knew that already again, but it's a, it's a time where they now have two weeks off, made it, made it two weeks off, and they get back to the individual workouts. That's not great to not know when the next time you're going to be coming back together is. Training camp is just going to happen when it happens. The draft's the next thing on the calendar, and the draft's still quite a ways away. So – We'll see what happens, uh, but I think generally the mood was uh, was uh, optimistic. Um, playoffs is the goal, 
and a lot of uh, upbeat stuff from the players. I think they all kind of enjoyed being around each other. Uh, you know, at some point that probably would have gotten old going this sort of doing the same thing over over and over again in a quarantine setting, in a bubble, in a hotel that you live near, all that stuff. But for this short period of time, it seems to be a pretty big success. And uh, at least they gave us some uh, some content in the uh, in the desert of content that has been this off season. So hopefully you enjoyed all of that. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing from guys. Um, obviously the show doesn't normally have this much audio snippets from other people inside it, but hopefully that was uh, not too bad for for you guys over the last two weeks of the podcast. Looking ahead, we have plenty of draft stuff, especially we'll put, sort of pivot back to that. Um, for a long, long time, we spent a lot of time on the draft, and I've, I've purposely held off on that the last couple of weeks, but some free agent talk coming as well, some potential trade talk, draft stuff. We are getting to all that time. We're going back to the off-season mode basically after this. So please stay tuned. Please subscribe to the show. Again, we had Amy Finberg earlier in the week, Robbie Calland. We've had Zach Hood, all kinds of uh, draft experts up and down as well. So we have a lot more coming. Thank you for all of, all of your patronage to this point in time. We've survived this long, so please keep listening. Please tell your friends. Please subscribe, and we will see you next week.